Anxiety is an epidemic in our modern world. Almost everyone experiences some anxiety regularly. Today, psychologist Dr. David Klemansky talks about the latest and most effective techniques available to reduce and eliminate anxiety. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week, we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Today we're sharing an exclusive interview with psychologist Dr. David Klemansky about his audiobook, Don't Let Your Anxiety Run Your Life. This audiobook is a groundbreaking step-by-step guide for managing the thoughts and feelings that cause anxiety, worry, fear, and panic. Using easy mindfulness practices, you'll learn to manage your emotions and lessen your anxiety. In our conversation with Dr. Klemansky, he talks about the power of using mindfulness to overcome anxiety and increase effectiveness. The reason I wrote this book, Don't Let the Anxiety Run Your Life, is because I really wanted to find a way to help people overcome their anxiety. Fear and anxiety are pretty ubiquitous. Almost everyone experiences anxiety to some extent and to some degree, but only a few people are getting help. And so when I say a few people, we think about of all the people who have anxiety in this world, only about 35% of them are probably getting the proper help to actually reduce their anxiety. I think that's problematic from a public health standpoint, but also just from a personal standpoint. When people experience anxiety, they often feel sort of alone or troubled by their anxiety, anxious thoughts. They may not know what to do with them. And so this book is really to help those people who are having trouble managing their anxiety, but may not know where to go to get the right resources right away. Our book really incorporates a lot of major tenets of psychotherapy that people might use in a typical psychotherapy session, what I use in my own work with patients. And so we often try to look to these books for help. And I think our book is one of the real practical ways that people can gain a fuller understanding about their emotions, their thoughts that are behind their emotions and how to use some major tenets of psychotherapy that we teach to patients to reduce their anxiety over time. The other thing is I want to explain that anxiety gets a bad rap in society, and some anxiety is actually good. What we really need to think about in terms of how to manage our anxiety is that we want to welcome it to some extent, but we also don't want it to get to the point where it's too much or too overpowering that it creates a dysfunction in our life. We want to think about anxiety from a healthy perspective and really welcoming it when it's appropriate, but also helping skillfully reduce it when it's not. One of the chapters in the book is entitled Feeling Bad is Actually Good, and we get a lot of questions about what's that about? We often talk about it as there being a positive side to negative emotions. We often really want to think about emotions as positive, great things that we have, And when we talk about emotions, we say, ah, the negative ones we want to leave behind, we don't really want to deal with too much. But the idea there is that when we leave behind those negative emotions, we don't really give ourselves a chance to learn to skillfully regulate those negative emotions when they do occur. So we feel these positive emotions, they're pretty great for the most part, 
People generally want to feel those. They have a lot of emotions that surround their positive emotions. So when I feel good, I feel better about the day. I can do more things. But when a negative emotion creeps up on us, if we don't learn to regulate it or if we sort of suppress it and put away and don't really pay attention to it, it sort of is going to create a problem for us. So the whole idea behind this chapter is really thinking about let's welcome negative emotions as much as we do positive emotions. That doesn't mean we have to sit with them and be miserable forever, but it means that we have to pay attention to them, think about how they're useful to us, and really find a way to regulate that emotion over time so that we can use new strategies or new ways to deal with the emotion when it comes up so that we can be skillful in living an authentic life so that we know when these bad emotions come that we can deal with them or these negative emotions come, we can deal with them. We liken it to gifts in the chapter, so a gift that we receive. So if you've ever received, like, say, a tacky gift from somebody, um, like a, a, a nose hair trimmer is what, one of the examples I think we use in the book. Or say your mother-in-law gives you a how-to-cook book for dummies kind of thing, you know. We get these tacky gifts sometimes from people, and emotions can certainly feel like that. We have lots of great gifts that we receive through our life. We're really excited to receive them. But every now and then we get a tacky gift, and every now and then we get an, an emotion that we don't want to experience. But the more that we can accept those gifts graciously, which we all try to practice and do, we might repurpose it later, but we accept it graciously, knowing that the person had probably good intentions. And our emotions typically will have good intentions, negative or positive, and that those, that those emotions do need to be regulated and that they're telling us something, even if it's negative or something that's not helpful. It's giving us a signal that we need to maybe change something about our environment, change something in our, in our daily life. And so we're thinking again about the function of the emotion, how we can skillfully regulate it over time. The reason we wanted to write the book is really to think about how we can help people understand what mindfulness is, because it's sort of a well-kept secret. And we want to help them use it so that they can increase their functional abilities in their life, reduce their anxiety, or just have a more meaningful life in general. A question that we often get is, what is mindfulness? The one way that we really want to define it for people is it's the opposite of autopilot. Sometimes we drive to the store and we're like, wow, that trip went fast. I don't remember all the details of my trip. Or we're watching a TV show or reading a book. We get through multiple pages and we sort of get to the end and we're like, I don't remember all the details of that. And that's because we're operating in autopilot. We're checking our environment for different things. We're sort of looking at our phone, checking Facebook, maybe doing multiple things at once. But mindfulness is really encouraging the opposite of that. So it's learning to pay attention in the present moment on purpose and without judgment. And those three things are really important. So again, the present moment experience is really giving your full attention to that. If you're going to wash the dishes, wash the dishes with your full presence. What does it entail to feel the hot water, to feel the soapy water? It's a silly example, but it's one of those things that we really have to practice in our lives to really sort of be focused on the present moment. On purpose means actually doing this with the goal in mind of being mindful. It's really practicing for maybe a few minutes a day until it becomes more of a habit, something that you strive towards. And without judgment means that we don't judge our experiences. In the book, we talk about mindfulness being like training a new puppy. We want to train our brains like we train puppies. So sometimes puppies, when they're learning to walk on a leash, they will run around the sidewalk, circle you, wrap you up in their leash. We would never be harsh with a puppy and discipline them or scold them because they're learning something very brand new for the very first time. We don't want to judge ourselves for how we don't do mindfulness well or that we don't quite get something. 
or that we're having a hard time paying attention to the present moment. And when we combine those three things, we know that allows us to enhance our awareness about the emotions we're feeling, the thoughts we're having, the behaviors that we're engaging in, or even how our body feels, whether we're anxious or not. So the audiobook uh, have nine skills that we've incorporated, and these are all based off of research that we've done. My co-author and I, we've conducted our own research and also research from other colleagues of ours who are in the field. We assembled these nine skills in a way that help people understand their emotions, understand their behaviors, understand their thoughts, and how that all comes together to breed anxiety and how to, how to manage that anxiety. So if you're struggling with anxiety today, I would say start the book, start to listen to it and start to try and experience some of mindfulness practices. Mindfulness isn't that notion of we want to pay attention to our present moment without judgment. Our book has lots of practices in it that you can do. Listen to mindfulness practices and, and really engage in that moment where you can sort of practice your breathing, practice paying attention to something on purpose without judgment, those kinds of things. So that's one way you can start to really combat your anxiety. So the more you can learn to pay attention and cultivate a habit of mindfulness, you're probably going to start to combat your anxiety because you're going to pay attention to your anxiety. Anxiety is one of those emotions that we tend to suppress. And when we suppress it, we don't really handle it that well. It comes back up in larger ways. But the more that we get used to paying attention to our anxiety and skillfully managing it, the better off we are. My tips are use the mindfulness practices. But there's two early chapters in the book that you might want to listen to as well. One's called Paying Attention to Your Anxiety, and the other's Confronting rather than Avoiding Your Anxiety. Paying attention to your anxiety is focusing on those moments when we feel anxious. We might notice our urge to want to put the anxiety away, not deal with it, avoid it at all costs. But again, when we do that, we're not learning anything. When we pay attention to our anxiety, we're actually learning and we're changing habits and we're paying attention to the thoughts that we have about our anxiety, the emotions that come as a result of our anxiety the behaviors that we do when we feel anxious, which is typically avoiding. And so when we pay attention to it, we notice those urges to avoid the anxiety, and instead you want to go after it. And that leads me to the next chapter, confronting your anxiety rather than avoiding it. Confronting it is taking a very purposeful stance and saying, hey, I'm not going to let this anxiety go by. If you think about the ticker tape on CNN or some other news channel, we see all those, those headlines flash by. We can do that with our thoughts and anxiety if we really want to it's not helpful to us because we're just sort of noticing them going by. We really want to pay attention to those, to those thoughts of anxiety, those feelings of anxiety, and start to confront it. And we'll teach you how to do that throughout that chapter. Pay attention to your anxiety and confront your anxiety and use mindfulness to do both of those. The people that would most benefit from the audiobook are those who are committed to it. And so that's a very generic answer, but I will explain. The more you're committed to this material, the more that you're committed to the idea of mindfulness and sort of emotion regulation, I think you're going to use the book in sort of meaningful ways. And I think it's going to be that you might listen to it once, twice, maybe several times, because the things that we're explaining there, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're sort of talking about the way that research is showing us to help reduce anxiety, to help reduce those negative thoughts that people experience with anxiety, those hard to deal with emotions. We're really teaching you ways to sort of manage them so that you can welcome the experiences that we're not used to welcoming, but also skillfully manage it in the moment. Other people that will benefit from the book are those who are just curious about mindfulness. 
if you've never experienced it or never have engaged in a mindfulness practice, you're going to benefit from this book. And if I can, I'll just add a quick story. When I was doing my internship, I was working with patients who were just sort of expressing their love for mindfulness. And I didn't quite get it. I was sort of like, this seems kind of basic. I wasn't sure that I understood mindfulness or even really liked it all that much. But the more I sort of dove into it, and the more I, I learned from the patients that I was working with about their love for it or their use of it in really skillful ways, I found it to be just one of those things that I think is mind-blowingly simple, but also something that is incredibly complex in terms of how we develop a habit of being more mindful. And then I applied it to my own life. And I think it's just something, you know, if we can incorporate into our everyday lives, I think it's going to be really helpful for just managing anxiety, but also other mood states that we have as well. Mindfulness is incredibly helpful. Give it a chance. Use the audiobook as many times as you like because I think it'll stick and you'll get the idea behind it. And I think you'll find something helpful about it. It's one of my passions in my research and something I find incredibly important that I hope many people can benefit from over time. Thanks for listening to this conversation with Dr. David Klemanski, author of the audiobook Don't Let Your Anxiety Run Your Life. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate it and review it. And please share it with friends who might also enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.